and it is a team effort. Like I don't just walk in and say, well, I'm not the cleaner. I'm paying someone else. So why should I do any of this stuff? Because we're all working towards the same goal. So if I can go in there and get laundry started and get the bed stripped or put out the new linens for her or whatever, you know, get some dishes washed, then that's what I will do because the end goal is to get the house ready on time for our next guests and have it be perfect. Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business-savvy daughter Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full-time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags, let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter Plord. Are you confident that your house is clean for perfection and that it will bring in five-star reviews for cleanliness? Cleaning is one of the most difficult aspects to running a successful vacation rental business. Hi, my name is Hannah and I'm Peter. And we are so excited to welcome our first guest on the show, my mom, Julia Plord. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. She tried to, you know, put, uh, create all this housework and stuff and move shoes around just to avoid coming on the podcast. But now we have her. Yeah, she has lots of great things to say. I'm excited. Me too. All right, Dad, you want to kick us off? Yeah, well, you know, I told the story about how we started, but really Julia's the brains behind everything. And she was the one that picked this area for our first vacation rental. So I kind of wanted to ask her um, and get her side of the story. So Julia, um, do you remember back then, like when we were talking about this? Tell us tell us how it all, all began. Um, it, it seems like so long ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Um, I was at the moment unemployed because we had moved and I didn't have a job. So I was kind of bored and had a lot of time on my hands and just kind of kept doing my crazy thoughts of, you know, can we have a tiny house? I always was obsessed with tiny houses. So I was like, we had four acres of land and I started thinking like, Hey, can I put my tiny house in my new house or in the new yard? And, and so I just, you know, bored. So I was just searching tiny houses and what I needed to do. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, wait a minute. We don't live that far away from an awesome mountain vacation community. So instead of a tiny house, can't I just buy a condo on a ski mountain or something and rent it out? And I'm not that far away. So I could probably manage it myself driving back and forth. That's kind of how it started. I feel like all great things happen because someone was bored. <laughs> That's why I'm, I don't want to ever be bored. Uh, I was going to say, I think I had this idea of like, hey, why don't you start a blog? Didn't I say that? I Yeah, I think that was the beginning of you saying I should start a blog and that's not anything remotely what I wanted to do. Yeah, because we were talking about like, hey, we need we need to set ourselves up for retirement. We need to like yeah, diversify. we need passive income. Yeah, we need we need other income streams. So when when I don't work, we're supported. Yes, and I did not in any way want to do a blog. So my memory is that six months went by, somewhere around there. I don't know the exact timing, 
but time went by and I started to learn stuff about vacation rentals and all that good stuff and how to operate them and what we need. And then, um, and then one day, I think I just called you from the grocery store parking lot and said, Hey, I just scheduled us to go look at some houses on Monday, something like that. Well, it was kind of more like we finally decided, like we set a budget and had kind of looked on Zillow about what we could find. And I think it was like, I think it was like a Saturday night or something. And you always, you always are the one that pulls the trigger. I do a lot of dreaming and I make a lot of Pinterest boards, but I never really <laughs> make it happen. So that's why we're a good team because I have the dreams and then you actually scare the heck out of me and put it into action. But I feel like it was a Saturday night. We decided on our budget and we figured out what we you know, what kind of houses we could have up here. And all of a sudden you said, all right, I just called a realtor. When can we get up there? And I said, oh, I don't know. I'm always free. I don't have a job. So I was like, well, how about Monday? And you said, all right. And literally it was like a day later, we were up here looking at houses. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is we live less than a mile from that first house that we thought that we looked at the very Remember first the, house. The, the, yeah. I, I call it like it the, literally like the red barn door. Not house. even a half a mile. Yeah. We walk by it pretty much every day or drive by it. So that's really funny. So, okay. So we get up here, we do a lot of house shopping. I took multiple trips, probably 30 houses, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we looked at a lot. Looked at a lot. Uh, and then, and then we, and then we finally settled on one and it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> what was terrifying about it? I don't know that we're having another mortgage to afford and could we really afford it? And it's always scary when you're putting yourself into more debt. And then is anyone going to actually want to rent it? Yeah, that's a good, that's, a, that's pretty scary. And I had, cause you hear so many horror stories on Facebook and stuff about people trashing your house and throwing gigantic parties and, you know, cops are called and you hear about squatters that never leave. And there's just so many horror stories that I was like, God, this could be, this could be really bad. Okay. So what happened next? <laughs> We close on the property. We close on the property and you freaked me out and said, I think literally like an hour after we closed on the house, you said, Hey, I found a, our, our realtor gave me the name of photographer and he can actually be here in three days. I forgot about that. And I said, three days. Are you serious? Like we were not ready at all. The house wasn't clean. I didn't know if we had everything we needed. It wasn't decorated. It was, we were not ready. So three days to completely from closing on a house to listing it three days. That's all we had. <laughs> and we made it happen. It was really stressful though. I find it thinking back like it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember looking at the clock literally with like an hour, maybe less than an hour of the photographer showing up. And I had all the screens like in the bathtub and I was scrubbing them and there was black gunk and like spiders and stuff coming off of them. And I was like, we're never going to be ready in time. And then we were ready <laughs> and, and the photographer came 
and it was great. He he successfully shot amazing pictures. Mm -hmm. And then I think within 24 hours of that happening, we hit the publish button on Airbnb. And then got our first booking. Yeah. Like the first day. Yeah. And then I was, then it was a whole nother, another set of fears. Let's talk about those. What were they? Um, is the house ready? Is it clean? Is anyone going to like the house? Are they going to trash the house? I know how important the reviews are in Airbnb. So were they going to give us a bad review and then, and then our career would be over. <laughs> Doom. And then we would be stuck with a second mortgage that we can't afford. <laughs> so, so, all right. So those, I think were all the same fears I had. So what, you had some really good ideas, I think, leading into that first cast. Obviously, cleanliness, which is the bulk of what we're actually going to talk about on this show today, because um, you lead the team there for sure uh, and set up our systems to where we're at now. But so that that obviously we you cleaned the crap out of that place. It was so clean when that first guest came. One thing we did do that I kind of forgot about before that first guest came. Um, we actually had my brother and his family stay over, remember? Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of gave us all thumbs up. You know, we we didn't have a screen door, remember? We didn't have a screen door yeah, on, a, on the slider. Doors, yeah. um, so we had to buy those. Um, and there was a couple like minor little details, but he felt, he gave us the feeling of like, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And then we were still scared out of our minds before that first guest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but a couple things you also did, you had the idea of the snack basket, idea of leaving a handwritten note. You want to talk about why you thought those were good ideas? Um, because I am always hungry. I don't know. I'm a runner. <laughs> I'm a runner. So I feel like I'm always hungry and I always have snacks in my bag, like cliff bars or whatever kind of bars. I don't like going anywhere, especially when I'm traveling and not knowing when I'm going to eat next. Like when you leave your own, the comfort of your own home where you know you have food that you can eat whenever you're hungry. And then, so I, I've traveled a couple of times where, you know, you stay somewhere and you get there and there's a cute little basket that has something simple like granola bars or trail mix or something. And I always thought that was such a great thing because I'm always hungry. So I was always like, heck yeah, I'll eat a granola bar. So then that was my thought that that's what I would want. So the people coming in, I mean, most of our people are driving, but hey, they just drove for two hours and they want a bag of Cheetos to eat when they get there. Here I thought that you created this idea all with the guest in mind. I did not realize that it all came from you always being hungry and always having snacks in your purse. Now it makes so much more sense to me. Um, how about the handwritten note? Like where'd that come from? I don't um, remember who had that idea, but. Just because um, I feel like it's more personable. So they understand that this is someone's home and that we appreciate them coming in and that it makes it more like we're real people that own this house and not like a like a hotel that's you know a big corporation owns it like actual an actual family owns this home and we love this home and we're inviting you into it and we want 
you know, to have that personal touch. Cool. Yeah. Anything to add, Hannah? No, I thought that was great. So in our first episode, we talked about how mom actually was commuting the total of five hours each day to turn over the house for cleanings. And we kind of spoke for you and said that it kind of burned you out a bit and you were getting overwhelmed, especially when it got um, dark in the winter. Do you want to talk a bit about how you felt during that time and anything that you did to make it better? Um, like I said, I didn't have a job. So I went from working full time to not working. So the drive was kind of, it got annoying only because I was, I thought in the beginning that I was only going to do it like once a week or twice a week. And then we started getting really busy and I was doing it like three, four times a week because we had some pretty fast turnovers and so that kind of got crazy because I was driving up there and cleaning the whole house and then, you know, putting all the trash and all the laundry, stuffing it into my car and driving back home. And then I would have to spend that night, you know, doing all the laundry. And then I would, you know, kind of repeat it either the next day or the day after that. And it got a little bit much. And then when we, then when we bought the second house, I kind of was like, there's no way I can do two of these in one day. So that was kind of my big concern was that like, yeah, I can do one, but two is not doable. Just me by myself. Yeah. So then you hired your first cleaners. Yes. Well, it's through a friend. So they were a friend of a friend. And did you like, did you have the intentions of hiring cleaners or did it kind of just like snap? I need cleaners now kind of thing. I feel like I am kind of a control freak. So why, when we first got into this business, there were many, many opportunities of companies that were, you know, calling us and emailing us saying like, we'll manage your property for you. And we actually thought about it and it would be really easy to just let someone else do it for us. But then we were both kind of on the, on the same page of, we feel like we could do it either as good or better than they could. Um, and then I kind of had a, had a hard time like turning over my home to just a stranger it was kind of yeah. scary. Yeah. Especially if they were cleaning it and like you weren't coming in to double check it. Cause now we have a, a walkthrough process where one of us go through and make sure the cleaner did a good job so easy to miss like a hair in a shower so that extra set of eyes can prevent any like slip ups but if you were two hours away and you couldn't just drive up there to check it that would probably cause some anxiety i would think yeah and i don't know if their cleaner is doing a great job or you know if something broke and they didn't tell me or if they're you know i'm kind of also i don't i don't know if you would call it ocd but like i want the beds made a certain way and I want the blankets to look a certain way and I wanted things done a certain way and I don't, I couldn't trust that someone else would do that. So I was kind of like, Hey, I get, I get plenty of time. So I'll just do it myself. But then it came, you know, logistically, I can't drive, you know, two and a half hours and then clean two really big houses all in, you know, a five hour span and then drive all the way back home. I just didn't think there was enough hours in the day. 
Can I add something? Because I think one of the mistakes we made, um, maybe not even intentionally, because we didn't realize what was happening and how, how fast it was happening. I think that we didn't think about hiring cleaners proactively enough. Mm-hmm. So we were always like reacting to what was happening. Whereas now we're not like that. Now we anticipate needs a lot better. But I think back then, you know, it, it actually kind of came somewhat easy to us where we had two, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend team of cleaners that just fell in, into our lap in a way that were really great and responsible and, um, and, really helped us during that beginning. But I think in, in retrospect, because that happened, it kind of caused us to be like, okay, we're fine. You know, and then we tried to build the cleaning team through them with their word of mouth and their friend network, which, you know, were all working in the huts up, up in the, up, up in the white mountains, which has a seven day on seven day off schedule. And what we're finding is those, those people are great, but they love, doing anything but cleaning, you know, they, they their passion as is, anyone would be. Yeah. Their passion's not cleaning on their days off there and they'll do it because they want extra money because they don't get paid a ton. But what we were finding as we were growing is that we couldn't really rely on them. And, and there were, there were, and I'm sure Julia will talk about this, but we're, there were obviously in the summer when things exploded for us, um, there were times when we had five flips that we had to figure out how to do. And it was just the three of us with no help. Yeah. So I, I was actually going to bring that up because there was a couple of times where we had five or more fast flips and no one had signed up to clean. And it was just like our family having to really rush and like try to get them all ready. Um, And I remember you saying, mom, you were like researching how to clean efficiently and like how to be as fast as possible at cleaning. What were some of the tricks you kind of learned and implemented through that research? Um, to have a checklist. So to in each room, you know, just go in order. So if you always go in order and you always have a checklist that you can go by, you're not getting distracted, which I do tend to do. It's like everyone, you know, when you're cleaning your house and you, you take something and you go to put it away somewhere else. And then an hour later, you find that you're in this other room and you forgot what you were doing in the first place. But if you have a checklist, you just go into each room and you, you know, follow everything on the checklist and then you move to the next room. And so it keeps you on task and focused and you can get in a pretty good routine. And then after a while, you don't need the list because you just know exactly what you need to do and that you're not going to miss something. Um, Was there anything else? I know that you kind of like built this cleaning caddy to bring around with you and it's Yeah, that was good too. So it started as like one of those shower caddies, but now it's like a full-blown bucket. I have my five-gallon Home Depot bucket. Yeah, with all the pockets on it. So what do you have in your caddy? I have an all-purpose cleaner. I have window cleaner. I have my scrub daddy, which is a product that I love that I can give a shout out to scrub daddies. They're awesome. You, they can clean anything. Um, so I have that. I have toilet bowl cleaner. I don't like to use paper towels because I feel like it's not good for the environment. So I have rags that I use that I have millions of them. And then I just wash them all the time. But I so I have and I have um, trash bags and like a duster. 
and I think that's it. Also, yeah. A little shop vac now. I don't know if you use that, but. I don't really use that. Uh -huh. A little hand vacuum? Yeah, yeah a that, hand I mean, vacuum. I have used it, yeah. I like that because if you go into a shower with lots of hair, you can just suck the hair up and then you don't have to worry about it getting stuck in your rag. That definitely helps. Yeah. That is true. Hair is, is the enemy. Yeah. And honestly, rags help clean better, I think, because they, they hold together more and they're not going to disintegrate and leave things behind like paper towels would. Correct. So just, just so our audience understands, um, we've never had less than a five-star review um, in the two properties that we started with. So it's over 120 reviews, all at five stars. And obviously you can't get a five-star overall without a five-star cleaning. So just so everyone understands how um, amazing Julia has been at really the first critical box to creating a great guest experience starts with cleanliness and ends with cleanliness really. So great job. Thank you. Were there any cleaning products that you maybe at first thought was super necessary, but now are just avoiding or you don't need anymore? Well, the pandemic was very stressful because there was a lack of cleaning supplies and toilet paper, but that's another story. I, I survived on the toilet paper, but the cleaning supplies, um, I used to have, not that I love using them, but like each house I would have like a thing of Clorox wipes or whatever for the guests to use, but that had to go away because those were non-existent. Um, toilet bowl cleaner, that is also still to this day hard to come by. Um, so I don't really use that anymore. I mostly just use my all purpose cleaner and I just spray the whole toilet and clean it that way. I feel like it's not, it's just more cleaning products that are not necessarily hmm. that you don't really, really have to have. I didn't know that. Cause in any antibacterial cleaner will clean the toilet bowl just as well as the toilet bowl cleaner. Right. Cool. So, so through you doing this yourself at the beginning and being OCD and everything, and you talked about your systematic, how you go through the house you created for us. Um, and, and now our cleaners and our company, you created this 54 point, uh, checklist. So I don't know if you knew like, Hey, it's going to be 54 points, but, uh, you know, is that. Was that developed just for the sole purpose of training new cleaners? Yeah, because at some point when we did hire our first cleaners, they were used to cleaning in the huts, which is way different. It's, you know, there, there's hikers coming through, which are not that picky. It's not a home situation. Um, so I knew it was very different. Like they were hard workers. I wasn't worried about that. But as far as like all the little tiny stuff, like you can say to someone, yeah, you have to make the bed, but it has to go further than that. Like, did you look under the bed is cause I find stuff under the beds all the time. Did you, um, dust the windowsill? Did you make sure the lamp works like the bulb and the lamp They they work? Um, did you check all the drawers in the dresser? kind of all that little stuff 
that somebody might not think about needed to be in a list. Cause if I wasn't going to be there all the time, I kind of had to take my craziness and give it to somebody else. <laughs> Your methods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for, for me, the, you know, this checklist, this 54 point checklist also has helped us get clients. Uh, it's part of our initial package that we send to our owners who are feeling us out or, you know, wanting to talk to us, I'll send this, this package out to them. And inside that is the 54 point checklist. So they see how methodical you are and we are about going through their property at every turn. And, you know, there's more in that checklist than just cleaning. There's like Julia said, you're checking for a light bulb out. You're checking for anything that might be broken. Um, you know, we just got a picture this morning, a little Chotsky at one of the one of the houses, you know, was damaged and the cleaner asked, should I throw this away? You know, so we've, we've trained our cleaners to, to, to think bigger than they would if they were just cleaning someone's house. Um, they understand the business that we're in. They understand that we're in a hospitality business and that our guests um, are coming up here right now. They're really coming up here for survival in my mind. They're, they, they, they need to get away. They need to decompress from the stress of life. And I, I, I take that very seriously. And I think we all do because, <clears throat> and, and we've coached and taught our cleaners, not necessarily by saying the words to them, but just through actions. So what are some overlooked areas that are important to clean that people often forget? So the number one overlooked area is inside the kitchen cabinets. Yeah, I always forget that. So it's, and I have found myself guilty of it also. Um, so I know that, you know, I'm not above missing those things either. And it's sometimes it's as I'm walking out after cleaning a place, I suddenly go, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't look in any of the cabinets, but the biggest thing is I have found pots and pans put away dirty. Um, also, and not just dirty, but people don't stack them nicely. They just literally, I've had people stuff, you know, all the pots and pans into either the wrong cabinet or a small cabinet. And then they slam the door shut and I open it and it literally, everything falls on top of me and it's everywhere. And that's, obviously not something we want to happen to a guest, but you know, if you open the cabinet door to get a, a pan to cook something and they're literally in shambles all over the place and some are upside down and they're all over the place, I would question whether they were clean or not. So I always make sure, first of all, that they're clean. And second of all, that they're organized nicely and stacked on top of each other. And the frying pans are with the frying pans and the pots are over here. And, um, just because it gives the appearance that yes, these things have been organized and they're clean. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like my biggest thing that I like to tell my cleaners is that to check the base of the toilet because for some reason there's always like pee down there. Yep. So making sure to wipe that as gross as it is. I have no idea why you both just looked at me when you said pee. <laughs> I was just looking to see if you had anything to add. <laughs> I thought it was a male. I mean, probably. I'm not going to comment on that. 
But I mean, obviously kitchens and bathrooms are the most important thing to be clean because, you know, for the most part, there's not a lot of gross stuff in a living room or a bedroom. I mean, there has been, but for the most part, there is not. So, but kitchens and bathrooms need to be 100% everything because you're using someone else's dishes and their silverware and they're using someone else's toilet and shower. And so you just need to have confidence that it's clean. And so, yeah, you got to make sure those are spotless 100% of the time. Another big one is grills. Oh, yeah. Grills are often forgotten because they're outside, but they, I don't know why after every single guest, it's always like a foot of grease all over everything. I don't know how it happens. Yeah. So that's kind of become Pete's job because he's the trash pickup guy. So you want to talk about your grill? You went and bought yourself like a big fancy grill cleaner. And I mean, it, it only takes 10 minutes, you know, probably if, it, if you keep up on it and it's so it's so important and it's important to our owners too, that, that we're, that we're all over it. So, um, it is, you know, in the, an extension of the house for sure. Like our, our guests definitely cook out a lot. They use fire pits a lot up here. If, if every house had a hot tub, they'd be in a hot tub. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So now that we've grown and we've had to acquire a team, how did we find our current cleaning team? We put an ad in the local paper. Yeah. And I know we tried a couple of things where we started with word of mouth and then that wasn't really successful. And then we tried looking on indeed.com and that also wasn't very successful. The local paper really pulled through for us. Yeah. And I can comment on, you know, I think I know, for example, why. So, so when you, so we had the wrong group, right? So we had the wrong group of cleaners, no offense to them, but when you have the wrong group, your wrong core, there is no word. You can't get like, all they know is their circle of people. So we needed a true cleaner to become on our, to get on our team before we could really go the word of mouth thing. So uh, and we were pretty desperate, you know, I want, oh, we should tell the funny story about being at the la- at the river yeah, and how we found Diane. Cause I think yeah. she was the first real, Go ahead. you tell it, you tell the story. Um, we live right near a river, um, that has a little spot where just locals can go and it's this little tiny beach and it's not a humongous river, but it's, you know, walking distance from our house. So we walked our dog down there one night it was like a saturday night or something and it was kind of towards sunset and went down there and um there was a guy in the river swimming and he just started talking to us because we were actually on the phone with with one of our guests because we were having hot water tank issues um so he overheard us and said oh you know do you do you manage rent rentals so then all of a sudden, next thing we know, he's giving us the name of a, an amazing cleaner and you can call her and here's her phone number and all that. So that's how we came across Diane, who was our first, I guess I would call her a professional cleaner um, and is a staple in our business and we can trust her and she does an amazing job. So that was the start of having real cleaners and not just college students. Yeah. And then to your, you know, to your point, you know, we, we placed an ad in the local paper 
and start we all all we did it for was 30 days and we got a ton of calls and ton of leads and we did a ton of interviews and um you know we did most of the interviewing inside a home you know that we're we're about to clean or turn over and um that way we could take them through the process and get their feedback um and i think now now we just have an amazing team mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of our current cleaners are like, well, I also have this friend who cleans these properties and I can reach out to them and see if they would be interested and et cetera, et cetera. We just grew that way. Yeah. So now that we have the great core of people, now we can kind of tap into their resources where, you know, before we didn't have the right core. So, yeah. Yeah. And hiring a team has allowed us to not have to clean as much. So and now that we're not trapped in a house trying to flip it fast, we can do walkthroughs, which has really amped up our perfection in the cleaning. Do you want to talk about walkthroughs, Dad? I kind of wanted mom to talk about walkthroughs, but she walked out of the room. I'm back. The UPS guy was at the door. Um, so yeah, walkthroughs are so important because when we were going crazy this summer, cleaning all the houses ourselves. And I was cleaning at least two, probably three, almost every day, at least two every single day. It gets very draining and you forget things a lot. Yeah. So knowing that you're rushing and you're doing the same thing every single day, you are bound to forget things. Like I would think that I checked the refrigerator but then I would be like, did I check it in this house or was it the house that I did earlier that I checked the refrigerator? So there was things that I know that I was missing. Um, but so I understand that it's very human when you all you do is clean house after house after house that you think you checked something, but that was you know a different house that you had just cleaned. So to do the walkthrough, I'm mostly, I'm not, I'm not walking around with a white glove because I have to at some point trust that my cleaners are doing a good job, but I'm checking the things that I know that I might forget. So I'm opening up the trash can to make sure that there's a clean trash bag in there. I'm opening up the microwave because, you know, you can forget to clean the inside of the microwave um, and the inside of the oven. Um, I'm just checking to make sure how many guests are coming in and do we have the right amount of towels and are the towels put out nicely and making sure kind of, I do slightly inspect the towels um, just to make sure they're in good shape and not any stains on them. Um, but basically stuff like that, like, do I have all the remotes or I have actually found remotes like stuffed in couch cushions before as I'm doing my walkthrough. And, and I don't blame the, I don't blame the cleaner because they might not know that that house has three remotes, but I know that has three remotes. So um, yeah. it's just stuff like that and checking like any left behind hairs and stuff. Um, cause especially if you've been cleaning like an especially dirty bathtub after cleaning it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you're like, wow, this looks so much cleaner. But if we walk through and we find a couple of hairs, that's probably because the cleaner thought it was clean. But at that point they were so tired of cleaning it, they might've missed those hairs. So once again, it's not like shame on the cleaner. It's more of just like insurance that the house is perfect before the guests come. Extra set of eyes. Yes. Um, so we actually kind of do things differently. We 
pay our cleaners really well. Why do we do that? Dad, you're kind of the reason why. I just think that they're the backbone to our business. And if we can't trust them, we're not going to be able to grow um, to the level we want to. And I, I just feel like I want them to love what they do. I want them to not think about going anywhere else. Uh, I want to, I wanted to create an environment where they can support themselves, you know, and um, I, I guess in my head, I was like, well, if like minimum wage in, in New Hampshire is like ridiculous. It's, it's like, like $7. Seven something yeah. an hour. So, um, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective, we're four times over the minimum wage. That's how high we're paying. And, you know, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. I really did. And, and you know, what's driving us is not how much money we make. What's driving us is, well, is creating joy for us. You know, how we live our life, what we get to do. And we have a cleaner right now up the street cleaning a house. And I know for a fact that it's going to be perfect. And we'll have to do a five-minute walkthrough. And the trust... I'm not saying that everyone should do what we're doing and pay everyone the kind of money that we're paying, but I have no regrets. Um, I'd rather pay them a little bit more and make a little bit less on the bottom line. Yeah. We've all, it also just, it like lets them know how important cleaning is for us. Um, Cause it is such a key component to getting a five-star review and you out, at the end of summer actually gave out bonuses for people. So the number of five-star reviews they got after a cleaning was like a $5 bonus for each five-star review. And the cleaners really liked that, right? Well, they're completely blown away that we did it. Um, I just felt like we survived the busiest summer of our entire life and we couldn't have done it without them. And we literally didn't, miss a beat with reviews and how well we did and it was all because of them so i wanted to just share i wanted to share the success with them and and to let them know you know you you mean a lot to us you know i think that was the, that was the message i was trying to send julia i agree 100 percent all right. So this part is going to be something I've been looking forward to. Um, we don't like talking about bad guest experiences, but when we go to clean house, there's always that chance that it's going to take way longer than the time we usually take to clean it. So we're going to talk about some crazy cleaning stories. Who wants to go first? I want mom to tell them, but I think the first story, and I kind of forgot about it because of the more recent story, um, and I would just say to this, to people that are listening, we're talking about one guest out of maybe a hundred, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, rare. It's a small percentage, but those are the ones that you remember. Those are the ones that you're talking about at the dinner table. We're not talking about the one that just left the A-frame up the street and it was spotless and there was not a single bag of trash left. You know, it was an amazing walkthrough, initial walkthrough. So... Yeah, you don't ever talk about those. You always talk, and, and the ones I can remember, the one I'm thinking about, you know what, what I'm talking about at Forbes? The very first one. Yeah. Yeah. So we, our first property, <clears throat> we went probably 
20, 30 guests in a row of all like amazing, no issues. Yeah, perfect. Like really good guests. Really good guests. And then this one happened. Yeah, and you happen to be with me, and I'm not sure why, because I've been I I'd, why, I had yeah. been driving up doing all the cleanings myself, and like we said, not a single issue. Like people were really respectful of our home, and then all of a sudden, Pete and I we pull into the driveway, and the guests first of all, it's 12 o'clock. They're an hour late checking out, and and that is it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is a big deal when you've just driven two and a half hours and you have a small timeline to get it cleaned and then you have to drive all the way back home. So we're literally sitting around for an hour waiting for these guests to leave and they still haven't left an hour later. So we finally said, you know, forget it. We're just going to drive in and we're going to be like, Hey, we need to start cleaning. So that's what we did. We pulled in and they, we surprised them because I don't know if they didn't realize that they were supposed to leave at 11, but we said, yeah, we got to start cleaning. And uh, they suddenly came running out of the house saying, oh, yeah, we were just doing some last minute cleaning in the kitchen. And so we kind of said, oh, well, you know, we're here to clean. Don't worry about it. Like, well, that's what we're here for. So then chit chat, whatever. They get in the car, they leave. We we walk inside. And I almost I, I, I don't even know how to explain like my reaction, my drop, my jaw hit the floor. Um, that house sleeps 10 people. So I have enough dishes, I think for 20 people, I think I have 20 sets of like plates and spoons, uh, plates and bowls and all that kind of stuff. So 20 of those. And then I have obviously tons of pots and pans and all that. And I think I have like four sets of silverware. So I have a ton of stuff in that kitchen. Um, so these people basically were there, I think for four days and they didn't do a single dish the entire time they were there. So every single surface in my kitchen was piled high with dirty dishes and food. Like they didn't even scrape the food into the garbage. Like every plate had food on it. Um, Every pot and pan was full of the original food that they had cooked in it. And instead of cleaning it, they literally just grabbed the next pan and made another meal. And so every countertop, the table, the island, the sink was completely piled high with dishes everywhere. And there was trash. And they were just doing everywhere. some last minute cleaning. Yeah. So I was wondering what kind of last minute cleaning they were doing because I wonder what it looked like before. Um, but yeah, so that took, we actually had to, I had to clean the oven and they actually even told, I forgot about this. When they were leaving, they said, oh, I think the guests before us made a big mess in the oven because we used the oven and it caught on fire. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> well, I really- clean it. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So the oven caught on fire. That's you know. So I go in there and I open well, after, after freaking out about all the dishes everywhere, I actually opened the oven and it was just, it had at least an inch thick of grease covering the entire thing. So I actually sent Pete out to the local, I think Home Depot or wherever, the closest convenience store. And I said, buy me a whole bunch of, you know, oven cleaner. And cause we got to get this thing soaked. And I ended up having to clean the oven like three times and I ran the dishwasher full loads. I ran it four times the dishwasher. Yikes. Um, so it literally, 
needless to say, we were not in and out of that house in three hours. It took us more like six or seven hours. And actually, thank God we didn't have guests coming in that night. Um, we actually drove back home and I actually, and Pete had to work the next day. So I actually came back up in the morning and I finished cleaning it because I had to clean the oven again and I had to run another load of dishes. And so, yeah, that was like my first, like, oh my gosh, what the heck did you do to my house? Guest. <laughs> Good news is we survived. Nothing was broken. <laughs> um, they gave us a five-star review. I don't, I know we didn't give them one, but um, let's talk about the most recent one. Cause this one's even funnier and not as maybe dramatic as that one. You want to talk about that one? The refrigerator Fred, one? Yeah. yeah. So again, it's, it's always the kitchen that seems to get trashed, but um, these people are only there for two days, so I'm not sure how they could make the gigantic mess that they made, but, um, everything in the kitchen was trashed. Well, also they had like spilled stuff all over the carpet. There was just stuff spilled everywhere, splattered on the walls. Uh, just the kitchen was disgusting. And I was like, oh God, this is going to be, you know, a tough clean. And I go at one point, I open the refrigerator and it's missing like it's missing a whole drawer and it's missing an entire shelf. And I was so confused. I was like, how does, how does that even happen? And I had been cleaning in the kitchen for a while. So I don't remember seeing an entire drawer and shelf anywhere. So I was like, I don't understand where this could be. So we kind of reached out to the guest and said, Hey, we seem to be missing some parts of our refrigerator. And she said she had no idea what was happening and didn't know anything about it. And then we kind of got, we talked to the owner and actually went and ordered a new shelf and a new drawer and that was coming and we were, you know, made a claim against the guest. And um, so moving past the refrigerator, I uh, am still cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and finding, like I said earlier, I was finding a lot of dirty dishes put away in the cabinets. And I just reached up into the very, very top shelf of a cabinet that had all the um, plates and bowls in it. And um, I, fi I find a plate full of cooked chicken, like completely full cooked chicken put away up in so a top gross. shelf. Yep. And that's actually the second time I found a plate of food put away. Because um, actually in our house, I found I was actually up on a step stool cleaning the top of my refrigerator and up on the top of the cabinet, like not in a shelf, like on the top of the cabinet, I found a plate of food with a knife and a fork stuck up there. I totally have a theory about this. You want to hear it? Sure. So they're drinking, they're having a good time. Someone's in their mind says, huh, if I leave food in the fridge someone's going to eat it all so i'm going to put a plate and i'm going to hide it in the top shelf of a cabinet and that way when i wake up at three in the morning and everyone else is sleeping i'll have a plate of food to eat <laughs> maybe. maybe i don't know yeah. maybe i mean who knows what's going through their mind why it my point is it would just be a lot easier to just throw it in the sink than it, it takes extra effort to reach all the way up. I mean, I could barely reach that shelf or let alone the top of the cabinet. I could barely reach it. So I don't know their motivation because it would be a lot easier just to throw it in the sink or in the trash than to go to the extra effort. But 
point is you find crazy stuff and the and also to go back to the ref missing refrigerator pieces so the get the guest messaged us hours and hours later after we'd already cleaned the whole house and we had new guests in there and she says oh my friend said she put the shelf behind the couch so <laughs> why <laughs> yeah so my first reaction was why the heck would you take out a shelf and then hide it behind a couch so but i had guests in there so i couldn't check so you know, the next time I go in there, I was, and I kept thinking about this shelf and I was like, I really wonder if it's behind the couch. So I run into the house when the guests leave and I check behind the couch and there's nothing there. And I was like, huh, that's really weird that they would make that up. That's really kind of specific that they put it behind the couch. But anyway, still couldn't find the shelf anywhere. So I clean it again. We have more guests come in. I think it was actually like two more sets of guests came and went. And I was doing some deep cleaning, like I was dusting behind stuff. And I was in the master bedroom and I was dusting behind the dresser. Like there's a TV on the dresser. So I kind of had pulled it out and was dusting. And what do I find behind the dresser in the master bedroom, but the shelf to the refrigerator? How weird. Extremely weird. I don't get it. Craziest thing I've ever seen yet, actually, to find a kitchen refrigerator shelf behind a dresser in a bedroom and we found the drawer unit that was pulled out in a cabinet. So I don't know what the heck was going on, but I think there's a couple of takeaways from Julia's story. And to me, it's like, you know, you, you got to make sure your cleaners are opening the shelves. They're look cause I would have never reached up on that shelf. If I was cleaning, I would have never reached up and that plate of food was sat there. We would have got a picture from a guest that said, oh, yeah. you know, that I could have easily been missed. Yeah. You know, and it so. would start to smell and yeah, know. really bad. So I think, you know, the takeaways is have a checklist that's really thorough. Train your cleaners on how to efficiently but thoroughly clean a property to your standard. And when and when you're able to create a walkthrough system. So our walkthrough system is really twofold, right? You go there pretty much right at, if you can, right at 11 or close to it. And you maybe strip all the beds. And if, if it's a property that you can do laundry and you throw the laundry in, uh, you kind of doing a glance around, right? Yeah. I want, I, I like to get there before my cleaners because I like to see how the guest left it. Um, Sometimes, you know, cleaners say things, but, you know, they maybe they're exaggerating or maybe they're annoyed or whatever. But I like to see it with my own eyes. Like, how did the guest actually leave it? So when I walk in and, you know, I look around, like, did they run the dishwasher themselves? Or like, are the dishes put away? Did they put the trash where they were supposed to put it? Kind of stuff, you know? So I'm like doing that initial, um, just just so I can make sure I review the guest accurately. I think what's really important about that is it also lets you understand maybe kind of like what the, like that cleaner might've signed up for two properties, right? So if they had two properties and you walk in and you know, every back to the initial story, every dish is not clean. Well, you're going to have to make a change to the system or the plan of the day. Cause she's never going to get through that. Right. Right. So. Like I know she has, I know, you know, so-and-so has, has picked up two fast cleans for that day, but I know that 
So when I get there first, I do, I can strip all the beds and I can, or I can help her out if we're not doing laundry on site, I can help her out by taking all the clean stuff and um, like laying it out on each bed and I can make sure the dishwasher has been run and I can, um, I open up the oven usually because that's something that if it's not, if it's really gross, it takes a little while for like once you spray it to get it clean. So I'll like open up the oven and make sure it's not horrible. Um, stuff that might be really time consuming that, you know, if, if our cleaner only has a couple hours to get it done, she might not get it done in time. So, and it is a team effort. Like I don't just walk in and say, well, I'm not the cleaner. I'm paying someone else. So why should I do any of this stuff? Because we're all working towards the same goal. So if I can go in there and get laundry started and get the bed stripped or put out the new linens for her or whatever, you know, get some dishes washed, then that's what I will do because the end goal is to get the house ready on time for our next guests and have it be perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you said it awesome. a great, great job on that. One thing else I would say of my takeaways from, from your story is that um, you never know what you're going to get right when you walk in. And I think it's very important to kind of have a positive mindset walking in and just prepare yourself that, you know, you, you have to be flexible, right? Yeah. You always have to be ready for the what if of, of the day. Yes. That's a good takeaway. I also like to give my cleaners, because we all hate clean um, having to make bunk beds because they're annoying and they take a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, so I always like to give my cleaners a little like, hey, you know, you don't have to clean it. You don't have to do any of the bunk beds because they weren't slept in or, you know, some little snippet of, oh, only one bed was slept in. Yay. And so, you know, yeah, a little kinda, bit of hope. Yeah. We're on. All right. So I think we've had an awesome episode. I think it's been full of definitely some key takeaways for our listeners. Is there anything that if you could go back in time and start over Julia, that you would do differently? I would release some of my control and hire real cleaners right away because it is a gigantic time suck to have to put yourself in the position of being the cleaner. Um, so it does take up a lot of your time and, um, don't just assume that, you know, somebody can clean, anybody can clean, but can they do all the extra stuff that we do? Like, you know, the, it's the little touches, it's the snack baskets, it's the notes, it's the, you know, making, I have a cleaner who like is practicing on how to make fancy towel displays. Um, so every time I go do a walkthrough after her, I see a new one that she's learned from watching YouTube videos. Um, so it kind of, it frees you up to, to focus on the more important things than, than cleaning toilets and making beds. So I would say definitely outsource the cleaning um, find awesome cleaners that you can trust. And then that way you can invest more in actually running your business. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You have any questions before we go? I Let don't Julia think so. go? Thank you for coming. Yeah. We had a blast with you on the episode today. Yeah. I had fun. Did you? I would do it again. You'll Yay! do it again. Awesome. <laughs> I guess one, one last thing, is there anything you would want to say if someone was just 
I know you just said higher cleaners right off the bat, but is there anything else you would say to someone who's out there doing it and uh, whether they're just getting started or they're managing a few properties, anything that we've maybe left out or you want to stress? Um, have really good linens oh, and yeah. towels. Those are very important. Very, very important. Don't cheap out on it. You don't have to go super, super high end expensive because accidents do happen and things get stained and ruined. So keep that in mind. But, um, you know, middle of the road sheets are fine and towels are like, don't buy the cheapest towels because you're just going to waste your money. And the guest kind of is like, oh, they really cheaped out on these towels. Um, so kind of make, give the, the illusion of that you spent a lot of time, like make the beds comfortable and, you know, have lots of pillows, lots of fluffy pillows and nice comforters and people want to be warm and they want to be clean and, um, just they want to feel at home. They don't want to feel like it's this cheap little scratchy towel that they really wished they had brought their own towels. Mm. Um, so that stuff is really important for making someone feel comfortable and at home. I really think that's a whole episode, not just yeah. towels and sheets, but, but just linens. Yeah. I kind of really think it ties into hospitality in a way, and it ties into that guest experience and it ties into value. And I think, Julia would definitely be the person to yeah. have on the show for that. And it can be tied into how to make a cohesive look in your house. Yes. Yeah. And we could also get her to talk about how she designed the second property. Cause that was a completely different um, yeah. experience for us. All right. Great. Well, that's coming up for everyone listening. All right. I'm in. Um, should we close? We should close. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our episode, another episode of the Superhost Unveiled podcast. We hope that you are feeling left inspired and ready to dive into the world of vacation rentals. Make sure you come visit us on Instagram. We're at Superhost Unveiled and tag us in a story if you're listening and we'll give you a little shout out on our page. Of course, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share our podcast with a friend to help our podcast grow. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.